And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am very honored and humbled to be enshrined in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame 2022 class. I appreciate it and thank you very much. We. This is Nerdish You Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour. With Mo DeKeel. Are you ready to be entertained? And Seth Partnow. Hello and welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. I am Dave Dufour and that means it's Nerder. She wrote. Joining me as usual, my main man, Mo DeKeel. What's up, Mo? What's up, Dave? How are we doing today? Uh, not too bad. And we've got our international man of mystery, Seth Partnow, live from Bath. Not the Bath, but That would Bath. be really awkward. If England. he was, if he started podcasting from the bathtub, it would be really, really did, weird. Did they fly you in for the coronation? Is, is that why you're there? <laughs> uh, I was, no, the uh, Stats Bomb Conference was on Tuesday, though I did land um, uh, kind of during... And I guess during would have been any time in the last like 12 days, but during the, the festivities and uh, at that one point at Heathrow while I was there, they asked for not one, but two minutes of silence, which I thought was a bit extra. But there we go. Two, two minutes is egregious, yeah. uh, especially in the airport. <laughs> uh, well, a, chi- a child in a stroller started crying immediately after that came over. There. So it was like, kid gets it. Uh, but we, we're going to have a, a show where we're going to talk about the Western Conference. But I, I do want to just wrap a bow on Eurobasket since that ended over the weekend. And Mo and I were both just so wrong when we did our preview for this. How about that Spanish team, man? And I don't think their Olympic team is going to be nearly this good. But that was a heck of a run from them. That was that was a great run. But I would like to say you were more wrong than me because my team went a step further. So you were more <laughs> wrong than I was. So like, yay, Mo. That's that's. <laughs> um, no, that Spanish team is going to be. It was it played a great game. I thought you know what, Schroeder with the Germany squad. I thought they had a good run. Franz Wagner was really kind of impressed a lot in that run for them. And I just think, hey man, like this stuff's fun. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but like, there's rumors that Embiid's going to try to join the French national team for the Olympics. That could be quite a squad. Yeah, and FIBA uniquely in basketball, like it'll allow you to play two bigs. Like we could see Embiid and Gobert play together in the Olympics, and that would be big. That would be big trouble for Team USA. It's one of the things where we actually lack. Like we don't have that sort of interior size when we play internationally. I mean, it's like Bam Adebayo. Can he, you know, can he bang with those guys? No, definitely not. So France is going to be tough. I actually think Germany could medal in the next Olympics. I, I like that team so much, and and. Dennis Schroeder, for some reason, FIBA basketball, you put it in his hands and and he knows what he's doing. Um, But let's get to the NBA because training camp starts next week. We got media days starting on the weekend. And guys, 
I've got some questions about the Western Conference. Five, we're not going to say they're burning questions because it's too early for that. We ask burning questions when when the season's going. Let's just say five interesting questions about the Western Conference just to set the stage for training camp, media day, and, and preseason, which we're only a couple of weeks away from. Somehow, uh, the summer has run away from us. Guys, up first, um, a lot of teams in the league have have players coming back from injury, but you could argue that there are two teams benefiting more than any others. That's the Clippers and the Nuggets. How did those teams being healthy change the West this season in, you know, comparison to last year where obviously they weren't at full strength for the Nuggets and the Clippers. I mean, you know, I don't even know what they did and how they made the playoffs, but somehow they did when they should theoretically all be healthy from day one. How does that change the landscape of the West? It's two different things, really. Um, Barring future injuries, the Clippers, we can be pretty, feel pretty good about them coming into the season healthy. I don't think there's going to be at any point in his career where we're going to be like, yep, Michael Porter Jr. is healthy. So I think that still is a a question. And we, and we just haven't seen, like, there's no reason to think that Jamal Murray will be compromised, but it's also he hasn't played in a year and a half and is he going to be all-star level Jamar Murray? I think, I think you can look at that year and a half two ways. You can say, okay, from a basketball skills perspective, probably some rust. I mean, we saw Clay Thompson with his long layoff. He, he looked rough for the first, I don't know, 20 games or so he played. I thought just didn't have his rhythm, but you know, he, by the, by the time we got to the finals, I thought he looked much better. But the other side of that coin is Mo. It seems like guys like 18 months, removed from that ACL repair tend to be back to their, their physical self, or at least as close as they can be to that. Yeah. And I, I do want to push a little bit back on the, the Jamal Murray stuff on Seth's point, just cause I mean, hell there were rumors that he might make a run in the playoffs, right? Like there was the possibility he might come back or he's playing five on five and those things. I think it was wise that they didn't let him work his way into this season and all of that stuff. But the Michael Porter Jr. stuff, I think that's always going to be a scary thing just because it's his back. I mean, I still have people telling me his his uh, draft medical report was one of the worst they've ever seen. So um, I think that's the kind of stuff where you're like, all right, well, we're beginning to see some of it. But the most important thing for the Nuggets is that it actually kind of puts everybody in their proper place. You know, and I think it moves Aaron Gordon to being kind of more of fourth option than anything else. I think the additions of Bruce Brown and Kate, uh, Kentavious Caldwell Pope all help this team in a way where, like, I look at them and I even and I look at the Clippers, assuming they can stay healthy. And I think they have more questions of can this team stay healthy than the Nuggets? I think with those two teams, if they're fully healthy all year, I mean, they're contenders. They they change the West. Yeah, with Michael Porter Jr. I mean, listen. No back surgery is a good back surgery. He's had three. And that's the part that that I think you have to be really worried about. Um, when he's out there and playing, he he's contributed positively on the offensive end. I don't know if he's ever going to be able to get to the point physically w- with the back where he's going to be a an average defender defensively. But it doesn't matter as much because they've got – Bruce Brown that they can throw out there. And now they have KCP and, and having Jamal Murray back on the offensive end, I think will ultimately help them on the defensive end too. Cause they're going to be putting more pressure on those other teams. But I do want to dig into the Clippers a little bit because 
Kawhi Leonard, you know, when he when he got hurt, I mean, this guy was a top five player. Um, Seth, look, man, you do the tears when guys are hurt. You you sort of give him a pass. I mean, what's your expectation of Kawhi? I mean, he's older now. He's already been sort of. I, I don't. I'm not going to call him hobbled by injury, but he's had to load manage due to various you know issues with that leg, and and now coming off an ACL. What what do you think we should expect from from Kawhi? <laughs> I think maybe different stages of their career, but I think this is a similar. If for different reasons, it's a similar thing with Murray. I don't think, to, to Mo's point, I don't think the physical problem with Murray is necessarily an issue. It's just he was in such a great like groove as a player, and getting back to that is is more would be my worry. And for some reason, I, I for for similar reasons, like Kawhi is not someone in the later stages of his career for, who has been like, especially relying on an, relying on explosiveness. He's been a I am much stronger than you, and I can take the ball and do whatever I want with it because I, I have enormous mitts, and and that's that all still works. It's just a matter of having not played for this time. Can he get back to that rhythm, and can he get back to that in a way that fits with other players on his team? Because much more than Murray, he is kind of a everyone watch me kind of bounce a guy into the spot where I want to, and then shoot a jumper over him kind of offense. And, and the Clippers kind of have a lot of those guys, which is to their benefit, especially come playoff time. But I, I do think the other thing, Mo, I, I worry that they might have too many guys. Like, who's going to close games for the Clippers? I think that that's something that, the you know, from a chemistry standpoint, they'll have to be concerned about by the time you get to the playoffs. I don't think that's as big of a concern. Like, go back and watch the uh, the Laker team that won the championship in 2020. They constantly changed who was closing lineups. Frank Vogel would consistently go with whoever was rolling well in that game. You know, obviously the tent pole guys will be, <laughs> I think it's pretty safe to say if Kawhi Leonard's healthy, he'll be playing at the end of the game. Same for Paul George. You know, I think after that, it gets really interesting with where are we at. And I think it comes down to Ty Lue's going to figure out the right mix and who's the guys that can go together and things like that. I don't think it's as big a concern. I think it's almost something that's going to throw other teams off. Knowing that like, Knowing the other team's closing lineup knows I know how I'm going to close. But now I don't know how they're going to close. Now I have to figure out, do I have to adjust? You know, is there a guy out there that they have that means I have to have more defense than offense out there or the other way around? I don't think it's as big of a, a concerning detail uh, for, for Ty Lue. I think it's actually a blessing. And I think Ty Lue is a, is, is a very good coach to have in this situation because he's he's always kind of an experimental coach. So it's not going to be... They'll, they'll have chopped and changed and gone matchups and tried stuff all year. So it's not like they're going to get to the playoffs. It's like, who's our closing lineup? Oh, my goodness, this is so different than how we've played all year. It's like, oh, we've been doing, you know, we've been playing the guys who make the most sense tonight on every given, any given night all year. So, so I don't think that, I don't think it'll be a change in the same way as it might be for another team in a way that's disruptive. And just to go back to the injury stuff, we're all focused on, on Kawhi Leonard, but we also got to realize, Paul George hasn't been healthy, you know, for, no. from his time from being yeah. with the Clippers, 2020 only played 48 games, 21 played 54 games, 2022 played only 31 games. Like injury concerns are this team's concern. Like that's, you know, the, the product on the court and how they play, I think they're kind of set up, but if they're fully healthy, like this is a team I look at and I go like, there's no reason this team can't get to the finals. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Norman Powell coming back from injury. I mean, it, it never even got to see all these guys together. The, the Clippers are fascinating. Um, they feel like one of the two or three teams that could win a title. Last year, the Miami Heat were a team where, like, if they get to the playoffs and they're healthy, dot, dot, dot. But we said this is the start of the year, and it played out over the course of the year. They didn't have the roster to help those guys get to the playoffs healthy. The Clippers do. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the flip side of having those dudes is, okay, well, Kawhi's got to sit for five or six days to get, you know, the knee or the quad right. All right cool we can still go out and win games with you know robert covington and and whoever else and we'll be fine so i think that they they are well set up to kind of manage their way through the season and there's still a move to be made like if they feel like they need something they can always kind of pair luke Kennard and and marcus morris for something you know or or just spin one off separately like they have a a uh, ace up their sleeve like if they need to make a move they can go ahead and try to make a move I don't feel like they're just in a situation where they're so immediately stuck all right well that was uh the first question so uh let's get to the next one guys should Golden State be considered the favorites to win the West we just laid out a hell of a case I think for the Clippers they they could have the best player in the West if Kawhi is you know back to full strength I think the Nuggets they also have an argument they got the best player in the West two-time MVP Nikola Jokic um but Steph Curry is Steph Curry and we just saw the Warriors do what they do I'm expecting some internal improvement I don't know I I, I have them slated as favorites I think you have to I think they got to be the favorites just on the fact of the question marks with the Clippers is health, you know, with the Nuggets, is that enough? You know, do they have enough to to, to really combat them? I think, th- let's not get mistaken, the Warriors have some questions to answer, but I think Clay Thompson's going to be better this year than he was last year, having a full, having kind of a year under his belt a little bit in the recovery and, and really coming back from the Achilles tear. I think that's something that I always kind of think the next year is always the most important year for them. Uh, granted, Draymond's going to be a little bit older. They lost guys that mattered. Otto Porter Jr. was really helpful to them. Gary Payton II was really helpful for them. But now it just means how far this team is going to go is going to be how well do the young guys develop. And I'm looking at James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody. If those guys really kind of step forward and, 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 and really can kind of fill those voids, they don't need massive games from them but can fill those voids where they can help defensively. They can plug in and score from time to time and things like that goes a long way for them. I think the, the, the biggest question about them is, is Draymond. I mean, like we, we sort of saw first half of the season, he was outstanding. He gets hurt, misses the most rest of the year is mediocre to bad for much of the playoffs. Is that, is that fair? Um, and then kind of the gets, gets benched for a little bit. In the finals comes back in and is great. The rest of the finals, so uh, for an undersized player who is not young and has started to you know pick up injuries here and there over the course of the season, that has to be their biggest concern because regardless of what they get from the young guys, and I, I, I'm I'm expecting big things from from Kaminga, but especially Moses Moody. I think he's a, a guy who is uh, has a has the profile of someone who can really help a team like Golden State. But all that kind of doesn't matter because Draymond is the person who who makes that team work defensively. At the at a championship level, and he's just not replaceable. And we're coming to a stage where every season there's going to be that question about him. Can't replace him, but I think Kevon Looney does a great job of coming close to it. And I think Looney's rise and them re-signing him like that was the guy. I was like, you guys better re-sign him because that was the dude who I thought like they really need to keep because he can kind of 
maintain that. And at times in the playoffs, he was better on the floor than Draymond. And I thought that was an important aspect there. So I'm with you in that Draymond matters in, in, in that sense. But like, I feel like Looney can make up for a lot of that. Yeah, you know, we don't bring up versatility enough when we talk about Looney. Looney is a, a slow-footed big. I mean, there's no, you know, we don't need to, you know, sort of uh, sugarcoat it. But he can still switch, right? Like, he doesn't get killed on a switch. Starts in space well. Great rebounder, especially offensive rebounding, which, as we talked about uh, often last season, is just so important now. I will say this. If they can get anything out of Wiseman, I mean, he is an athlete and, and, you know, I saw him a little bit at summer league and I don't know, it, nothing popped for me there, but they can get anything out of Wiseman. It's, it's such a benefit to this team because it means that, that, you know, they can save some of those miles on Draymond. He can podcast a little more during the regular season, right? Like I think during the playoffs, they just needed to get him to lay off the podcast and he would have been fine. Do you think, um, do you think <laughs> we're going to get the live podcast during games from Draymond? Is Draymond going to mic himself up? During a game and podcast at the same time. I, I, I do believe that the NBA's media rights would prohibit that unless he had written consent from it's the new NBA. media to, time, Dave. Yeah, Come that, on, man. It. Media rights are out. New media's in. So uh, of the three teams we've talked about so far, okay, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and, and the Warriors, are, are those three of the top four seeds in the West to you guys? I think so. And I think yeah. there's I think there's a a, a, a team that uh, probably lurking that uh, that I think is going to be really good in the regular season. I don't think it's the team you think, Dave. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about Minnesota. Oh, f- you. Yeah, it is the team you <laughs> yeah. are assuming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I Come think on, man. The, I We're, think the I think the Timberwolves. The, the, the Timberwolves are uh, a, a team that's going to be in the mix and for the, for top four. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move on to uh, you know. The previous season's Western Conference Finals champions, the Phoenix Suns. And guys, you know, the Robert Sarver situation had hung over this team last season. It's going to continue into this year, even though he's going to be suspended all season. They're going to be hearing questions all year, as long as he's the owner of the team. There's going to be a huge distraction. They were 64-18 and 18 last year. But it sort of feels like the Suns' window has closed on them. Has it? I, I wonder how much we were reacting to how bad the vibes were. You know, we're for, for the nerder podcast, we've become sort of team vibes about everything. Uh, and, you know, they had bad vibes, whether, whatever was going on with Aiden. And then also, I mean, the fact that there's been, the, been the, the reports and who knows if they're true or not, that there was like some COVID going around the team. And that certainly would kind of explain the listlessness against Dallas to end that series. Um, so I think that we like, are we overreacting to like one bad week for them? Uh, I, I, I don't th- know. I mean, oh, we should certainly react because at like from a window standpoint or a hallway, as we like to call in this podcast standpoint, uh, you know, Chris Paul is, is if, if we're, if we have questions about Draymond Green every year, we have to have even more questions about Chris Paul every year. And that like, if he's not that guy, their window is closed, but I think saying like declaring it sl- slam shut now, I think is premature. I think, yeah, I think people are very quick to pour dirt on them and say it's all over. Uh, not quite the same scenario, but somewhat similar in the sense of, yo, the Milwaukee Bucks got completely embarrassed by the Miami Heat in that playoff series. And everybody was off the Bucks the next year. 
The Bucks know they're going to be terrible in the playoffs, things like that. And then they went on to win the championship against these Phoenix Suns. This is this this could be a similar situation. It is just a question of the concerns I have are, you know, how are you going to save Chris Paul's minutes? Because he's getting up there in age. Like, he can't keep up. You saw what New Orleans did to him. Press him full court. Let's really kind of tire him out. And that may not be something you do in the regular season, but it's something you could do in the playoffs to get to his legs. I think there's a lot of stuff there that you can kind of look at and go like, man, there, there are some issues. I don't want to say it's closed. And I, I could see them kind of having a, a a big bounce back year sort of deal. I think Monty Williams is a terrific coach. I think DeAndre Ayton, $133 million, that's enough for you to stop complaining, right? Like you should be good. Any 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 ill will is gone now because you have $133 million worth of Kleenexes. Um, you know, and I think you're able to fix all that. I think – you know, Devin Booker is still unbelievable. I think it's going to come down to what is Chris Paul and, and and how does he hold up all season? And just, I know I went long, but just one quick second. Chris Paul is freaking Jason Voorhees. Every time we think he's dead, he comes back, right? The Clippers. He's also pretty he, slow. Is that, right. is that well, what you're getting? Well, look, Houston, Houston sent him to Oklahoma City because it's over, right? And then he had these monster years and things like that. Like, I feel like he continues to kind of come back to life when we think he's dead. So I wouldn't be shocked if they have a big year. I'm not going to say the window's closed on them. I, I just wanted there's, – there's a great analogy to the Bucs, actually. It's different stages of a team. But I think the big criticism of the Bucks was, okay, people were doing the psychoanalysis. But really, when he got down to it, it's like, hey, they have this one way they want to play, and they're not going to deviate from that. And then the whole next year, kind of uncharacteristically for him and his entire coaching career, like Mike Budenholzer tried a bunch of different stuff. Didn't always work all the time, but they had other ways to play in the playoffs. I think the Suns um, kind of had that, we have our system, and we do our system, and that like coming up with a way to play small ball, maybe or a way to play two bigs or just something different than like the four out around eight, having that, that, that change up that off speed pitch. I think that's how they kind of emulate the box. Yeah. And I like hearing that they're in on Boyan Bogdanovich. I mean, I, it, it will stink for them to give up Jay Crowder, but I do think Boyan's playmaking will give them a little bit extra, uh, you know, a little bit of what they were missing. Another guy who can move the ball, but also can get you a bucket. They needed this just a little bit more playmaking uh, in the playoffs. And, and they would have been able to take some of that load off Chris Paul. And it would have made a big difference. And I think that's the, the Boyan Bogdanovich sweepstakes actually can be a, 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 I know we said five questions and this wasn't one of them, but this is like, we kind <laughs> of sneak in. They could, <laughs> yeah. he, 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 where he lands can swing a lot of things either in the West or the Eastern conference, a team that could kind of really need him might be, uh, find some, uh, usefulness out of him. I think he's really out there and can really change the, the game for a team. Well, we're going to take a quick break and get back to more questions after this. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, 
courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. These are combos keep it in like. This is it. Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame 2022 class. I appreciate it and thank you very much. We, man, first of all, I'd like to give thanks to the man above. Man, without him, none of this would be possible. 
kid from the east side of Chicago who made it all the way to Springfield, Massachusetts. Incredible. Like many enshrined in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, my basketball journey was far from smooth, and it was against all odds. My path was filled with obstacles and doubts, yet it was also a beautifully paved road filled with inspirational men and women who guided me, shaped every step of the way. Isaiah Thomas. First time I saw Isaiah, I was in sixth grade. My grammar school basketball coach, Donald Pittman, didn't miss words. Meese told me, Tim, you pattern your game after Isaiah. <laughs> I certainly tried. Yolanda Griffin, another Chicago Hoops legend. Played basketball at the same high school, Carver Military Academy. My other presenter, Nate Tiny Archibald. Yes. Chris Mullen and Mitch Richmond. Ron TMC. When I came into the NBA, those two guys taught me everything. How to be a pro. How to take care of myself. And they would ask me, Tim, how great do you really want to be? See, Mullen and Rock, they made me who I am today. And Ron TMC, man, we were ahead of our time. Early in life, you might say the ball didn't bounce my way. My parents, mom, Gwendolyn, Donald Hardaway divorced when I was in grammar school. But what I did know, because I saw it firsthand, was the role and sacrifice my mom made for my brother Donald and I. My mom always talked about her boy. She took days off from work and didn't get paid. She wanted to make sure I was safe, so I knew where I was going. My dad, another Chicago hoop legend. Yes, sir. He made sure no one messed with us, me or my brother. Dad and mom, I love you to death. Without you all, this wouldn't be a night that's happening. I want to thank my brother Donald. Like Pat Riley once said, adversity introduces a man to himself. And everybody think that they not my number one fan. That's my number one fan right there. To my three wonderful children, Tim Jr., Naya and me. My Hall of Fame coach at UTEP, Don Haskins, who made a historic mark on the game and on society when he started five African Americans against Adolph Rupp and the Kentucky Wildcats in the 1966 NCAA title game. The innovator, Don Nelson. He lied to every team and said my knees was shot. So I would fall to the Warriors with the 14th pick, and he drafted me. Thank you, Mickey Harrison, the Heat organization, and Pat Riley for trusting me to take the team to the next level when everybody thought I was done. He's not here today. I want y'all to really hear this. He was my confidant, a father figure, and a guy to always talk to. And he was one of the greatest agents in the business. Great, great, great Henry Thomas. Lastly, a huge thank you to Jerry Colangelo, Adam Silver, and the late David Stern. Men who never wavered in their belief in me, even when it wasn't always popular. Thank you. I want to say this. This bigger than Tim Hardaway. This for the south side of Chicago. South side? Well, I can't name all you all, but you all know who y'all are, and I love y'all to death. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for sure. Okay, guys, a uh, couple of younger teams, uh, Dallas and Memphis, and, and both of them had great runs last year. Memphis was electric. 
What should we expect from them next season or this coming season? I think both of, both of these teams got worse, but both teams could expect internal development. Got worse from a roster construction standpoint, but should see internal improvement. So my expectations are all over the place, guys. What are you guys thinking about Dallas and Memphis? We'll start with Dallas. I want to I want to uh uh jump in here a little bit. You're going to push back on got worse? I want to hear what I want to hear you explain it. Well, they they lost Jalen Brunson. Dallas, Dallas lost Jalen uh, Brunson. Right, uh, That's a big loss. Yeah, yeah. Um and, and I think that that makes them worse. Um okay. we'll see how Christian Wood works out, but I worry about the defensive end for them. Mm-hmm. And then Memphis. Now, he should be an upgrade over Dwight Powell. Well, Memphis I think they got worse, you know, cuz they lost DeAnthony Melton. And they lost Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson was instrumental to the the quality of their defense last season. I mean, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., as much as I love him, he only plays 27, 28 minutes a night. Well, he's going to be out for a big chunk. And he's going to be out. That's, that's now, like, that's... I'm not going to count that against him. No, but that's, I mean, in terms of yeah. regular season, like... If yeah, if we're, they'll if, perform worse yeah, because of that. I mean, like, their, I think their ability to be a first uh, a home round, uh, first round home court team, thank you, uh, it takes a severe hit just by the fact that like they're not going to have their second best player for a big chunk of the year. Yeah, and then and then not have Kyle Anderson to come off the bench to to fill in those minutes. But like that that's the thing for me though too though like Kyle Anderson only played eighteen minutes in the playoffs. Like it wasn't like massive massive minutes. He wasn't a thirty minute guy. He wasn't this massive. Like I don't feel mm-hmm. that the Anthony Melton, you know. Even less, seventeen minutes. I, like I mean, it's I mean, don't get me wrong. Every minute counts in the playoff games and things like mm-hmm. that. I think those are replaceable in terms of the internal growth you're talking about. I think my major pushback was more on the Memphis side than the Dallas sure, side, sure. but like that's why I was Fair. like, you know. But I think there's a uh, there's an argument there, Mo, that that they can make up for it through internal development. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I I think Memphis gets better if they could just find somebody to take Dylan Brooks off their hands. Um, but the the <laughs> That's my but line usually. Uh, oh, <laughs> listen, don't get me started. Um, the I think when you look at the expectations, I think both of these teams are going to have good seasons and not have home court advantage because of just how deep the Western Conference is. I think this is kind of the thing we have to look at with expectations is the West is freaking deep. Two teams, you know, like, listen, the Clippers are going to rise up. They didn't make the playoffs last year. Like, when you're looking at these things, it's it's very interesting and in, in watching how all of this kind of develops. I think they're going to have good years and not, be, not have home court in the first round. I am less confident in Dallas. Like, Memphis will be fine, I think, because they have, even if maybe they got a little worse from a talent perspective, they still have a lot of dudes who can play. And I think they're smart to kind of cycle instead of, oh, man, we can't lose Kyle Anderson and then sign him to a contract. I think they're, they're, they're smart to cycle that. And like, like, let's give Zaire Williams some more time. Let's see what we have in Jake LaRavia. Like those are like these are I think that's that I think that's a wise way to run a franchise, even if it's maybe a little bit of a short term hit. Dallas, like we've been concerned about them basically for the entire Luka era in terms of how much they ask Luka to do on offense. And they haven't they haven't addressed that, and in fact have gone the other way. And yeah, I, Sp- Spencer Dinwiddie, I think, is, is one of the most important players in the West this season because his athleticism started to really turn after the trade to Dallas. I, I thought he he had a nice finish to the regular season. I thought he was decent in the playoffs, but he's he's super important for them because he 
he kind of is the guy that you would you would assume could step into that Jalen Brunson role and take on some of that usage. I see your Spencer Dinwiddie, and I'm going to raise you a Tim Hardaway Jr., who there only played 42 minutes a game, uh, 42 uh, games last season, had right. the broken foot, missed a ton of time. Like that's the guy. That's the guy that has to have a big year for them. You know, didn't shoot it well from three, but the previous year shot 39% from three, an important piece there. Like he's going to have to be better on the ball in that second side when Luca kicks out. Cause that was really the best part of their attack, right? Was Luca attacking nothing there, kick it out, second side, boom, go. And I think the offense will get better just in the fact of having Christian Wood, a guy that can space the floor out and things like that. I'm with you, Seth. I wish they found a way to I, – I would have loved to have seen them get Goran Dragic and add, you know, a little more playmaking on that side and 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 get the ball out of Luka's hands and things like that. I still think we'll see some of that, but it won't be as effective with without Jalen Brunson. But adding Christian Wood kind of creates more space for Luka to attack where it's not so easy to just collapse on him and opens up the opportunity. The defense, good luck. I just, I just, but I think that from a the defense was secretly why they were so successful. And that's the thing. I mean, I, you know, and yeah. And now you're bringing back Tim Hardaway Jr. And Christian Wood and, and saying, well, the offense is going to get better and the defense will still work. And okay. I mean, but we the, didn't believe the defense was going to work last year. Like I mean, I'm not, I'm not, they added, I, I, look, yeah. they also added JaVale McGee. One of their biggest problems in the Western conference finals was not being able to rebound. Like they've added, at least a rim protector, however your opinions are of McGee, he's proven to be, at least late in his career, pretty decent. You know, maybe- I, I like JaVale. I think JaVale's going to catch a lot of lobs from Luka. I think he's never had a guy like that. I think there's going to be different things there. So I think, like, you know, the defense is going to probably be a work in progress. I still think they're going to have a pretty good year. I just don't think... I just think anybody that expects home court advantage for either of these two teams after the great season they had last year to think that they're going to get that this year and is a disappointment if they don't have home court advantage is is mistaken. I just think the West is where I think. How many West teams would you say have more talent than Dallas? Good question. I I think I mean, like the easy ones are Golden State, Denver, Memphis, uh, Clippers, Clippers, Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, uh, Phoenix, I think Phoenix has more talent. I think, I, I think New Orleans has more talent. Like I, mm-hmm. so then we're, we're, you know, now we're at eight. Yeah. And just, so it's just from a pure to that, that's what I'm, this is my, like everything kind of gelled. This has kind of been the, the, the post, the, the Luca era story with Dallas is they've kind of mixed some stuff together and it's kind of worked because Luca's that good. But given just the overall talent in the league right now, that is a tightrope. And it doesn't, you know, you're going to fall off at some time. And this year seems like a good year might be. But you look at it this way, too, though. I think like when you say New Orleans, New Orleans is still a wild card. We, 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 with what's going to come from Zion, things like that, they flash in the second half of the season. Who knows? Like, there's a lot of stuff there. I think you have to kind of watch some of those things. I think the other thing that's really important that we don't we have not seen yet in the Luka era is Luka coming into camp in shape. I think, you know, assuming that he rolls in from Eurobasket and has not just partied for three weeks straight, rolls in from Eurobasket into training camp in great shape. I think that's a good bump for them to start the season because, look, they got to gain. They got to bank games early. That's going to be the important thing. Some of these other teams are going to take a while to gel and figure stuff out. They got to bank games early while they can. All right. And finally, guys, the last question. And, and this one, I don't know, it's kind of it's a weak question, but it just going to get us get us talking 
Who are your wild card teams in the West? You know, what's a team that that could make a run? Let's say a surprise conference finalist, a, a surprise 50 win team. I, I mean, you mentioned New Orleans, Seth, and and that's the team that I've sort of have circled. It's about Zion adding a healthy Zion to that team from last season. Pretty appealing to me. I, I think that that's a team that could could maybe do something. I, I don't know if they have the shooting to you know to make a conference finals, but they could surprise people. I mean, that's the obvious answer. Um, how about the Portland Trailblazers? All right. God damn both it, of you. You earlier on. with my Minnesota stuff. You with the Portland <laughs> stuff now. Both of you stealing my thunder. Is this about Jeremy Grant? I mean, it can't be about Anthony Simons. I mean, Anthony Simons, Damian Lillard, defensive backcourt, it just um, it does not give me a lot of confidence. Um, I think that, again, we're talking about like just talent level. A uh, figure that, I mean, this is a little bit of bet on Damian Lillard having had you know, having rectified the, the you know, according to reports, an abdominal problem that's bothered him for years. So maybe we get a better version of Dame than we saw last year. Uh, we've got some some inter- really interesting, like uh, like other backcourt players, Josh Hart and and um, um, Gary Payton. Uh, Jeremy Grant kind of moving back to the ideal Jeremy Grant role, I think, as that sort of that that sort of third to fourth guy. I mean. Are, is this a is this going to be a conference finals level team? No, but would it shock me if they ended up with more regular season wins than Dallas? Yeah, I, no, I, it wouldn't. they they could be a. I mean, they're probably in that play in range. I mean, we we laid out who we see at the top of the West. I, I mean, one game playoff, Damian Lillard. I mean, I I'd take that money. I mean the 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 other thing too is just the guys they added. Like first, I like Josh Hart for that team. I think adding Gary Payton the second helps defensively with this squad. I know he's starting the year a little bit injured uh, coming off of a surgery, but I think that goes a long way. I think the um, – when I look at this squad, I think they got some interesting pieces there. Dave, I'm with you on New Orleans. I kind of said it already earlier, but I want to see more of it. You know, like, listen, we've seen a lot of teams flash real quickly and then fall apart, and now you're adding a big piece in Zion. You have to make that work. Right. Like New Orleans figured out how to make it work without Zion. Now you got to add Zion to the piece. Okay. What does that mean for Brandon Ingram? What does that mean for CJ McCollum? How does that evolve things? You know, is Jose Alvarado going to be a dude that we're going to continue to kind of look at? Obviously, we're all going to love Herb Jones. You know, hopefully he continues to make a, a, a progress and growth and develop. But I think you're, I think sometimes just automatically going like, oh, they're just going to add Zion. Boom. It's a mix. That's a hard guy to add with how they won last year. Cause it was basically, yo, Ingram go and be a one-on-one guy and go get it, go get buckets for us. Now with Zion, you lose some of that spacing. It gets a little more complicated and things like that. I find it very interesting. So like I can see them being a wild card team. I think they're going to have a shot at it, but it's, it's, they got questions. My favorite song of the summer, uh, the, the, you know, the, the hot summer jam was, was it more about Phoenix? And that's so that's that's sort of powering a little bit of my skepticism about both New Orleans and Dallas is, you know, they're both of those teams are getting like some respect from either pushing or beating Phoenix. And is like. If it's if if like if it's more about Phoenix kind of falling apart, how much credit do you get for standing next to it? 
Right. Hard for us to hammer Phoenix and also praise New Orleans, Orleans and Dallas to, to a certain yeah. degree. I get that. You know, one team we didn't mention, which if you look at if you look at the West and the teams that are going to tank, the Lakers are going to make the play. In, right. Uh, I guess are at they? least theoretically. I mean, they would have to tank out of it. I think they got to be healthy. Are we, are we completely f- overlooking the Lakers? Because when last week just done talking we about saw him. him, LeBron was so good. Anthony Davis is, you know, he's okay. Still a good player. Um, they got Pat Beverly. Are we overlooking them at all? Or we just expect nothing. I mean, they look at the rest of the roster after that, right? Like they got Pat Beverly, Dennis Schroeder. Okay, great. Not a lot of shooting, not a lot of wing defense. Like there's a lot of questions in that area. And look, LeBron's, if we're going to have questions about CP, LeBron's aging and getting injured at a regular rate with the Lakers to the problem there. You know, they need 60 games from both Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Hopefully they get it to really kind of make noise. You have those two guys, they're they're a playoff team for sure. But let's don't sleep on one team. You know, this is just going to throw the curveball out there. I know where you're going. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. I think, let's go. I, I, I think, you know. The Kangs, yes, got a chance. I mean, you like. I think. I think there's a ability. Where's Jay King? You know, I think. Yeah, Jay. Jay's kind of in, in, infiltrated my mind here a little bit. But I think you look at it as a potential playing team. I don't think it's out of the realm sure. of possibility. We know four teams in the West are tanking, mm-hmm. right? And and so it's going to be a battle for tenth. And I think there, there's no reason to think De'Aaron Fox got rolling at the end of the season with him and Sabonis. There's some fun stuff they can do. Defense, they're going to have to figure out. But they've brought in some pieces, you know, that are that 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 are helpful guys, uh, young pieces. I like the Kevin Herter trade and things like that. Going to be tough to figure out what you do with Davion Mitchell and all those things and and rotation stuff. I haven't fully figured out, but like put their roster up against the Lakers and like, how much are we really kind of saying the Lakers are that much better besides LeBron and AD? Well, I mean, like besides that, like where's the, the who's how far down do we go until we get to the next best Laker? Look, man, I like Keegan Murray a lot. Um, I think that God, I forgot about the Kings. I always forget about the Kings. I, the Kings could. They've allowed that, us to forget about a, them for a long time. Let's be uh, fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. And, they're, and they, and they better right. not make me look bad. Start the season 0 20 or some shit you after know, I say this. I'll, I'll tell you, they're going to score. The Kings are going to score. They're going to have a good offense. And Mike Brown is a hell of a defensive coach. So if anybody was going to coach this team up defensively to passable. I don't know if they're if they're twelfth in offense, fifteenth, sixteenth in defense. Could they do that? Probably not. Could they be twentieth in defense? I think they could have a top ten offense. So that let me ask you, Seth, what does that mean? They got to have in terms of a defensive rating for us to be like, what's the lowest defensive rating they can have where we could be like, ah, it's still pretty good. I mean, as long as they're if if you're tenth best offense, as long as you're not rock bottom defensively, like you could be like the twenty second defense and you're in the range of, of playing. Let's like, go deuce deuce. I'm rooting for 22. <laughs> <Yeah>. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it here. Mo is predicting a Kings finals run. That, that's, oh, I think that's well, who got. on this that team would ever make outlandish claims about a Bay area team making a finals run. Uh, this squad. No, <laughs> nobody here. Um, and you guys got anything else before we wrap up? No, no? no, yeah, we'll have preseason games uh, 
real soon. I'm, so we'll I'm excited to have this conversation about the Eastern Conference next week. Can we can we promise that that that's what we're gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. The next episode, we're we're gonna do similar questions about the Eastern Conference as we set up the season. We're almost there. Summer's over. First day of fall. Hope you guys enjoy the weather as it starts to cool off. For Seth and Mo, I'm Dave. This has been Nerder. She wrote on the Athletic NBA show. Smile, smile that smile Deep inside Inner child Feel, feel the air Blow your head You don't care Life is just a carnival This is a ride you get to take for free